when you've got a lot of stress about money, when you're feeling stuck, when you're feeling burnout, when you're feeling all these things, what, what's actually happening? Your container is full. You cannot manage any more than what you are managing at the moment. What, what I do is I find out what is there, what is causing you stress. And a lot of, most of the time it is money. Yeah. And I let people know that, yes, we will fix the money. We will sort the money. The money is there. But we need to fix those other things that are underneath, yeah. the beliefs yeah. that are stopping you from getting the money. Because once you have got the money and you're not worrying about the money, you are able then to come up with ideas. You're able to come up with creative ideas to make more money. Welcome, everyone. You are now in a safe place where we converse, explore, reflect, connect, and deep dive into our inner world together so we can uplift ourselves and our lives. My name is Astuti Marto Sudirjo. I am your host, and this is Uplift My Life Today, the podcast. Hello, 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 everyone. It's great to have you back with me today. Are you ready to deep dive into your inner world again with my guest and me? Our conversation today is about money and addiction. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. These are two loaded topics that for sure will pique your interest. Today, we are going to deep dive into the world of unhealthy money patterns to discover what lies beneath this, to understand how addiction connects to all these, and to come back up to the surface with some suggestions, ideas on how to detangle ourselves from these so you can hold and enjoy abundance in your life. To accompany us today, I am joined by a wonderful lady, Ilana Jankovic. Ilana is based in Zurich, Switzerland, and she is a certified mindset money coach and an NLP practitioner, helping women in business to unblock their money and increase their magician archetype. Yes, I was also wondering what that is. And we will hear more about this shortly. I truly, truly love what Ilana believes in that she believes that we do not have business problems, but personal money issues in our business or work. Now, just think about it. We don't have business problems, but personal money issues in our business or work and we are definitely going to go into this right now so folks are you ready zip up your wetsuit put your oxygen mask and we're diving in right now welcome ilana thank you for being with us today Thank you so much for having me. I love that. Zip up your wetsuit and be ready to dive in. Yes. I love that because this work is actually really, really deep. Mm-hmm. It is, it's not the easiest area to go to when we're talking about money, addiction, scarcity. It's not something that we walk around and brag and say, I have money addictions or I have a fear of not enough. We never talk about this. Exactly. Exactly. So may we start with your story, how you get into this mindful money coaching. I will will try and keep it because it was something that really happened over many, many years. Yeah. I literally was a mirror to my parents' money story. I picked up all their behaviors, all their bad behaviors when it came to money. I believed all the stuff they told me, all the myths, the lies, everything that they told me, I believed them because they were my parents. Subconsciously, so much of their beliefs were sitting there. Mm -hmm. And 
I grew up in South Africa and we went through the, um, having five children in the family. We were poor. We did not have money for luxuries. I wore my brother's hand-down clothes. If I wanted anything, my younger brother would have had to, had to have it off to me. So I never had choice. I never yeah. had my own ideas. It was all about be quiet and listen. And you get told, told to do what you were told to do, not what you want to do. Yeah. So that is pretty much in a nutshell my upbringing. What I did with that was I subconsciously vowed that I would never let my children go through the things we'd mm. been through. The scarcity, not being able to, being embarrassed about the clothes we wore, um, being, going to birthday parties and not feeling like we fitted in, we didn't have the right gifts or we weren't given big gift vouchers. I always felt that my children were going to experience things differently. My children yeah. were going to have everything and they would never, ever want for anything. This, however, created huge problems mm-hmm. when I did one day have children because my husband wasn't on the same page as me. He didn't know where this craziness was coming from. In actual fact, I didn't even know where it was coming from because it was coming from subconscious mm. beliefs. Yeah. And we would fight whenever we fought. It was either it was about money. We yeah. would always argue about money. Why are you spending so much money? You're such a big spender. My kids would have designer baby clothes, designer everything. They had birthday parties that looked like theme parks, <laughs> um, face painters and puppeteers. Amazing. And I mean, and, and my children are young adults now so this was years ago yes they had everything we drove only mercedes benz two mercedes in the house we had everything that money could buy and if one credit card was full i would just use another credit card Mm. and i got us into quite a lot of debt i was trying very hard to live a lifestyle but we weren't making that type of money yeah and it caused a lot of problems between as I said between my husband and I he used to moan at me every single month when the credit card statement Mm. would arrive it used to be a big deal and I used to be so nervous about it arriving because I used to think oh my god now I'm going to get a big lecture somebody told me and said to us if you've got a toothache you go to a dentist if you've got if you're sick you go to a doctor why don't you go and see a money therapist mm-hmm. and I was like what <laughs> never what? heard of that before <laughs> never yeah. heard of it. and eventually I went mm-hmm. so there was a money therapist there's a money institute there's oh, lots right. of money coaches there's money therapists a behavior therapist which is all what I've studied and there was a quiz on their website and I did this quiz and the quiz told me which money archetypes were driving my behavior. Mm-hmm. Once I saw that, I took about two years of fighting because I was so angry that I was called a tyrant and a fool and a victim <laughs> and a martyr. Oh, I God. was like, this is so rude. I want nothing to do with this. But eventually I realized I needed to go and get this help. I realized the more I spent time with it, the more upset my husband was getting with me, I needed to fix this. And when I was ready, I went for the coaching. And it was the biggest change, the biggest thing in my life that I've I've done that's changed my life. Because literally, I could see that I had taken on a whole lot of things that weren't even my beliefs. They were my parents' beliefs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My parents' parents had been through the war. Mm -hmm. They lived a different life to me. And the way they brought us up was very differently to the way my kids needed to be brought up or the way my kids were brought up. And Mm -hmm. I learned that this attitude of theirs about money wasn't serving me. Mm -hmm. There was no scarcity. There was no war. There was no famine. Mm -hmm. There was no children walking barefoot, but yet they still treated us like that. Mm -hmm. And I still had this mentality. Mm -hmm. So I had to unlearn and learn new ways, new mindsets. And that was the biggest, the best thing. I think one of the best things I've done in my life. The best investment with the the most return. The best investment, the self-discovery, learning about myself, learning about money, learning about business and how to actually make money. And that making money is not a sin. It's actually a blessing. 
there is so many unconscious stories, narratives, programs, beliefs running our system. And and it's unconscious. It's for a reason because it, it was coming from deep down and we just, we never remember putting it there. We, we never remember activating it. It's just there. So I, I love that we're going to go to the underworld together. <laughs> Ilana, thank you for sharing that. But first, I have a very, very simple question. You usually work with women. But in this conversation, what you're going to share is going to be applicable for all, correct? I do work with men as well, but predominantly ah. women, predominantly women. People ask me, what's the difference between a money coach and yeah. a financial advisor? The difference is ideal on the emotions. A financial advisor, advisor will tell you how to invest, what pensions to buy, what to do with your money. I don't tell you what to do with your money. I tell you what to do with your thoughts around money, mm-hmm. where those thoughts come from, how to change your self-worth around money, how to charge your worth. So I deal with emotions. Men are not always open to opening up about their emotions. Some do, but some actually send the wives to me for coaching, but they need the problem. I've got guys <laughs> that are um, gamblers into pornographics, all sorts of things. They send the wives to me and it has a spiral, it has a ripple effect. They're sending their wives to you to do what? Because they say there's no money in the home, but he doesn't own up to the fact that he is having a separate bank account to her. He's gambling. He's spending money online. The different things that they do, he and often what they do when they've got the victim mentality, the victim archetype, they blame somebody else. Okay. So they blame the wife. I had a guy who was unemployed in the UK, was getting money from the government and was blaming his wife why they never had money. She went for money coaching. Her whole life changed. There were so many painful things she had to work through from him, from before he, the marriage to him. He then started seeing her making loads of money and really being independent and empowered he lifted his butt off that couch very very fast mm-hmm. and he was I want to be involved in this with you I want to budget with you show mm-hmm. me how you do it how can we move forward together as a couple Archetype. What do you mean by this? Okay. Archetypes are basically, they're not our personality. They are behavior traits. They are characteristics. Mm-hmm. And in money coaching, well, first of all, the archetypes come from the Swiss philosopher and psychiatrist in the 1900s, Carl Jung. Mm-hmm. Lots of people have heard about Carl Jung. And he developed these archetypes. We've changed them around to fit in more with the money behavior. Yeah. It's eight different archetypes, and I literally see all of these with the people that I work with. These archetypes are driving our behavior. Mm -hmm. So if, for instance, you're a victim because you've been through a divorce, you've been through some sort of betrayal, things have happened to you, you carry that personality around with you. You make decisions based on that without you even realizing it. Mm -hmm. So for instance, you like the old, you're looking for somebody to come and rescue you. Mm-hmm. You don't want to own up to things that have happened. You like the drama. It's better than the drama that you don't know. So mm-hmm. that is the victim mentality, very prone to blaming other people, very angry mm-hmm. internally. So your archetypes, the archetype characteristics are how you actually show up in your life, in business, in your family. Okay. So can you briefly just share what all, all these eight archetypes are? Sure, sure, sure. So the eight archetypes of the innocent, about the head in the sand, not even looking in the bank account. There are apps on your phone that you can know at any time of the day how much money you've got in your bank account. It's about not being helpless and hopeless and really just knowing what's going on in your life. And this is very, very short. The next one is the victim. The victim is, as I also mentioned, something's happened to the victim and the victim is the drama queen. The victim is holding on to past experiences. They're in the past, they're not in the now, and then definitely not even looking to the future. They're trapped in the past. Mm. Mm-hmm. When I did this, when we did this, when we had money, when we had this, they, this is how they talk. Mm-hmm. The next one is the martyr. The martyr, I find a lot of ladies have got the martyr and even men. This comes often from conditional love. 
from not, not understanding your self-worth. The martyr doesn't understand her self-esteem is normally low. Something's happened in her childhood. Maybe your parents compared you and said, oh, your brother's so clever and oh, your sister, and you're never going to really be good at anything. You must marry rich one day. Mm. The martyr believes that she's not good enough. Yeah. Therefore, when the martyr does have a business, she gives away things for free. She does things for free. Yes, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> the next one is our big martyr. I call the martyr the mother of all archetypes. The next one is the hero. The hero wants to do everything by her or himself and often leads to burnout. When I see somebody with a certain score in a hero, I think mm, this person's on a way of burning out because they don't know how to delegate. They understand business. They understand how to make business, but there's a, there's a lot of pieces that are missing of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Is it trust issue, is it? Often trust. They don't want to let go. They can do everything by themselves. I don't want to have to pay somebody for this. There's often different things that come up and they try and do it all themselves. So they understand business. Mm-hmm. But and, and there's a lot of men that have got high, high hero score, but I see the link to the other scores and then I know I know what's going on. The next one is the creative artist. She's often somebody that finds it very difficult to live in the real world, in the material world, Mm -hmm. because they're so creative. Mm -hmm. So they also do things for free. They nearly in, they just in a bit of a la-la land where they are spiritual art. They don't charge. They don't charge Mm -hmm. for their worth. They, there's a lot of work that needs to be done with someone who's a creative artist. Mm -hmm. The next one is, the magician, I'm trying to think if I've missed any of them out, is the magician. Now, the magician, everybody wants to be the magician. The magician is spiritual, very connected to herself, to her inner self, and connected to the universe, whatever the universe is to you. God provides. I know that if I do this work and I'm needed in this service that I'm in, the universe will provide. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you can't just say that. People ask me, do I believe in the in the law of attraction? Yes, I believe in the law of attraction, but you've still got to do the work. Right, right. It doesn't just happen. I don't just sit there and say, I want to have a red Ferrari. It's not going to happen. <laughs> um, or whatever whatever your desire is. Not that a red Ferrari is the furthest thing from, <laughs> from my <laughs> desire. The magician sees an opportunity and goes for it. Mm. This magician sees collaboration. I always say the magician knows how to collaborate create and connect yeah and works together in with other people and create something beautiful something where people are benefiting people are growing from it and the magician is the archetype that we all want to be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're fluid they're wise they're discerning Mm -hmm. spiritual Mm -hmm. i also feel like the magician perhaps embodies valuing themselves and others equally Yes. The the magician knows how to give and receive. Yes. When when I work with somebody who I'm trying to get the magician score higher, I always say to them, breathe and take in a breath and they're taking a breath. And I say, okay, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it. You've got to let it out. You yeah. can't just hold on to things. There's a give and receive. You take a breath, you give a breath away. Mm-hmm. You take another breath, you give a breath away because that's how the universe works. Mm-hmm. The magician learns that if mm-hmm. you're going to hold on to things, you're a hoarder, you're a victim, you those other characteristics are showing up. Mm-hmm. So that's it in a very, very quick nutshell. Yes. Uh, the different archetypes and how they work. I always say we want the the hero and the magician in the front of the car if we're driving a car. Yes. The victim, the innocent, the Artist. Arter, the, all of those you can put in the boot. Like yeah. you need, if you're going to have somebody navigating your life, you want the correct characteristics. Yeah. You want characteristics that aren't going to pull you back, that aren't going to make you always second guessing yourself, thinking, there's not enough. Mm-hmm. I need to give this for free. If I do this, no one's going to want my service or pay me or. Yeah, but and also for the people who actually work for other people, it's like allowing themselves to be taken advantage of by, you know, taking on more responsibilities than what they are being 
hired for and not not able to stand up and say look for this kind of work I may not want to to do that or if I do this certain things needs to be in place exactly. to help me yeah. exactly in in each person there will be one dominant archetype or could it be multiple archetypes in in the way you show up there could be quite a few, quite, most of them. Yeah. Some of them will be positive and some of them will be negative. So, for instance, somebody who's been through my program will have high magician and high hero, have low tyrant, low innocent. I had a client just recently, she had 82% innocent. When we finished working and we're still busy working together, I said, by the time you finish, I want that 82 turned around into 28 because mm. I want that innocent archetype to come right down. Mm-hmm. The innocent archetype, and I'll, I'll just expand this one. Yes. This is somebody that's got a head in the sand or he's head in the sand. Don't know what's in their bank account. Don't do budgeting. They really just spend on the card until the card is um, gets what's it deleted at the, at the shop. Um, they say there's no funds in their account. Mm. This person doesn't own up to their reality. They have got their head in the sand that are like the ostrich and have really got no idea about their money. They mm-hmm. feel very hopeless and helpless. Mm-hmm. They're not empowered. Yeah. yeah. This is an archetype, a characteristic that we want to have low. We don't want 82%. Yes. Anything over 40% is high. Yeah. Because everybody can be empowered, especially women, which is, as I said, predominantly my clientele, they can be empowered about money. Mm-hmm. you can make as much money as you plan to make. Mm-hmm. It's not difficult to make money. But mm-hmm. when you've got a characteristic in you that's bringing, that you believe the things that of this particular characteristic, it does affect the way you do business. It does affect how you show up in the world. Yeah. So each archetype, basically, they embody certain beliefs. That's it. It's beliefs right. and behaviors and patterns. Yes. Got it which we take on from our parents. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, or ancestors. Or I I would also say even some social settings like religion or culture. Exactly, exactly. But majority from your parents because basically when you're with your parents, they teach you certain things by you just observing and listening. Those become your subconscious behaviors, your patterns, your beliefs. Yeah. Without you even realizing it. Often I hear clients saying to me, I'm speaking and I sounded just like my mother. Because you've heard this from a baby. You've heard those messages, those beliefs. Programs. Programming. Yes. Reprogramming. (laughs) And I don't like to use that because people get offended, but it is basically reprogramming your mind. Yes. Realistic programming, how you think about something and how we change it. You only change it when you realize you want to do it differently. You want to do things your way, not your parents' way. It takes courage to make that stand. It does. But if you look at kids nowadays, my kids will definitely tell me, you know, <laughs> they've got their own mind and they are not programmed by me, but yet we programmed by our parents. So, yeah. you know, they definitely have, have got their own Decisions and their own uh, beliefs. I recognize in my own reprogramming journey over the past few years, I also carried some kind of guilt when I reprogram myself. Of course. Of course. (laughs) What have you seen in these, Ilana? So much. So much. Often, when I say to somebody, when we're working through these different stages of my course, a lot of them are scared to make money and to have more money in their lives because it will show up their parents. Their parents weren't wealthy. Now they're going to be wealthy. What will their parents think? Are they kind of not bragging but showing up to their parents and they feel guilty about this? Mm-hmm. And I always say that your parents want the best for you. Mm-hmm. They completely want the best for you. But often we keep ourselves very small because we don't want to upset anybody or hurt anybody. 
money is not an evil thing. A lot of people were taught money is evil, it's dirty, it doesn't bring you happiness, marry, you know, all these different types of things we were told. However, money can actually give you opportunities. It opens doors to many things in your lives that you can do because you have the money. You're working, you can afford to have a team of people helping you. Think about it. You're actually supporting those people's families. Mm-hmm. Money gives many, many opportunities. It creates abundance. Mm-hmm. And it's about mindset. It's about I want to have money in my life or I don't want to have money in my life. I want to keep spending it, opening the door and letting it uh, flow out, or I want to actually bring it towards me and create opportunities to earn more money because yeah. more money means also enormously less stress. My personal opinion about this guilt is because we are tribal beings to be different with the people or the group of people that keep us safe It's quite difficult, even though this difference is actually better. I, 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 I recognize it for myself. I kept the guilt for a long, long time for able to actually live the life that I want, had experienced different reality with money compared to my parents and my behavior, how I, how I actually compensate this guilt was not enjoying the money for myself, but giving it away to them to, to the moment where they were really telling me, stop. It's like, keep some for yourself. And I said, no, no, no. I'm, you know, I'm young. I, I just want you to, to enjoy your old age and not have wor- worried anymore about money, anything you need for your health or your whatever. They told me, please, I get that you wanted to give us something, but please start, start keeping some for yourself. But I, I had this pr- prominent guilt for, for having everything else and health and all this. And it took me so long to realize, to be conscious of that guilt. I wasn't conscious when I was doing this. I thought in my mind, it was like, no, it's normal. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I often hear about the flip side of that, the parents that actually make the children support them and the parents that or family members support and that is unhealthy that's a dysfunctional family loyalty that you have towards the family member because you need to build up there's no one else that's going to come and look after you there's no one else that's going to look after you financially if you're not looking after yourself so supporting somebody by them relying on you, you're not teaching them how to actually look after themselves. You're yeah. doing a disservice to them. You disempower them in a way. You disempower them, exactly. Right. Where if you are, you have enough, you make sure that you've got enough to live on for your family, your kids or your family, your um, your pension, everything is taken care of, you're not in debt. That is a lot healthier then you going without and giving to a family member that could actually go out and earn their own money because a lot of the time they can. If it's possible for you, it's possible for them. Right, right. You you touch a very interesting topic because this is a lot of my clients also feel this over-responsibility towards their parents. And in the, in the conversation, we often forget that we learn a lot from them. So they teach us how to be resourceful they can be resourceful because they have been resourceful. But there was a time when we the, the role flip and we were choosing unconsciously to show up as the carer when, as you said, this isn't healthy at all for anyone, for us or for the parents. And sometimes they do it consciously. Sometimes mm-hmm. they do it consciously. I've heard as well, Now that you're married, I hang up my cooking gloves, my cooking apron, and I hang up my ability to to work. You now can support me because I've supported you my whole life. Sometimes they actually physically tell them, consciously tell them that. And the person then has internal anger because Mm -hmm. they've got to now make this money stretch so much further. Sometimes there's nothing much left for them. It's often very little left for yeah. them. Sometimes I've seen even women get into debt over, over providing this. for the family. For the extended family, not only just for the for oneself. 
Exactly. I always believe that you need to fill up your cup first before you can give to somebody else. Because when you're giving from a full cup as opposed to an empty cup, it's very, very different. The, mm-hmm. the, there's a lot of the, the anger is not there. The internal emotions are not there. Where you're giving when you've got enough, when you can provide for your immediate family, then giving to extended family, that's okay. Mm-hmm. If if they need it, but if they can go and work, if it's your brother or somebody, and they can go and work, don't enable them and allow them to actually empower themselves. Mm-hmm. I think I think we both come from a culture where there is a clear distinction of role division: first yeah. child, second child, third child, only and, daughter, only daughter, exactly. And yeah, and I can I can see how these influence the archetypes for sure. If I have to look at the other the other archetypes, um, one of the things that really stood out for me was you and I chatted about addictions. Yes. And one of the things that I see a lot is financial abuse. Financial abuse, and it's quite interesting because we hear about emotional abuse, we hear about other abuses, mental abuse, physical abuses. We don't hear about financial abuse. Mm-hmm. That's right. Financial abuse is often what one person holds over and you touched it in a way with supporting the family and culturally or whatever, but in some form it actually is a financial abuse. Mm-hmm. Because if the person is given and they're giving from the someone is controlling them, is very manipulative. Mm-hmm. You're giving because they're making you feel bad. That yes. is that is abuse. That is true. And often that happens, you will sometimes find it in a couple where the husband earns a lot of money, but the wife buys things on sale. The wife buys things end of season sale or doesn't have enough for herself. Mm-hmm. He is controlling the financial situation and there is financial abuse that she is experiencing. And I find this in the tyrant archetype or the maverick archetype as as I call it where somebody uses and sometimes it's not even only men against women it could be women against kids or uh, many different dynamics where people use money or use money to control and to manipulate Mm -hmm. and and I see a lot of that Mm -hmm. I see a lot of that where money actually becomes the addiction Mm. And the more money the person has, the less the other person has. Mm-hmm. So I hear about couples that have separate bank accounts. Mm-hmm. The guy's driving a fancy car, he's buying, things, and he tells his wife or his partner, I earn the money, what do you do? You have no right to this money, I earn the money. That is sad. That it is, is really, sad. Really yeah. sad. And what I do with women when I come into this situation is I help them to empower themselves. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have got businesses and I help them to make money in their businesses. I help them to, first of all, fix the mindset that mm-hmm. they are worthy, that they are enough. Mm-hmm. And then I help them to find opportunities in their business because I've had my own business for 30 years, how to run the business so that they can actually make money in it. Because I always say busyness doesn't create money. Busyness just makes you tired. That would, it would Am be I lovely. Right? If, if, yes, it would be lovely too if we can generate money through busyness. <laughs> You're right. People think they can. Lots think they can. <laughs> so the person also that is the maverick archetype shows up, you can recognize this person quite clearly because they're very highly materialistic. Yeah. Highly materialistic, you know, all the fancy stuff, the cars, the watches, the fancy watches, the high ski trips, but you need to see how the other person is being treated. Often there's high secrecy that's going on or very judgmental, judgmental to the way other people are, to the other people, what other people are saying, very critical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of anger going on. Mm-hmm. These people have learned certain behaviors from 
all of these characteristics come from what we've learned from our parents. Mm -hmm. But often you see that there's a chain of abuse that goes on in a family. And it doesn't only have to be male. I had a lot of tyrant archetype, hero, um, maverick archetype. I was controlling with the money because I was doing things that my husband didn't want me to do. Buying things for the children, buying expensive things, using credit cards. So it doesn't only, as I said, it doesn't only have to be men. It's often women as well. I was very highly materialistic. My kids had to wear designer clothes. Yeah, yeah. All the things that went with it. That comes from, majority of the time, that comes from a scarcity mentality and a feeling of scarcity, not enoughness. There isn't enough in the world. There isn't enough money. I'm not good enough. All of those feelings often drive this particular type of behavior. Yeah, yeah. I think this is quite common, thinking that there's not enough for everybody. Or if we gain something, somebody's going to lose out. So therefore, I shouldn't because it makes it creates guilt. That's it. That's it. And I always say I've actually got a course that I'm starting soon. If anybody wants to get onto the list for it, they can contact me. A course on I am more than enough. There is more than enough mm -hmm. that I deserve that I'm confident and I'm ready to be seen. Because when you are in that position, when you've worked through those things, you will make money. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, our self-worth is connected to the way we charge our self-esteem and self-worth is connected to how we're charging our clients. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, when they come to me, they're not making money and I find that they're working for free because they feel guilty. Or they're not charging the client because they think the client won't be able to pay them, but yet the client's taking their services. Yeah. I, I recognize this many years ago when I moved from recruitment into personal development sphere. There was a guilt because for, for a long, long time, there was an unconscious belief that when you're helping people, why should you make money? You should not make money when you help people. And this was, in, it's actually quite insane thinking about it. Why am I thinking this way? But this was really strong in the beginning of my work. Yeah, it's the inner work had to, to come into play because otherwise I would just never going to thrive in, in the, the, the choices that I made because I do work in the helping people, helping others. But what, what I had to also admit and accept in myself, Ilana, this was very, very, very important. There's a lot of investment on my part to be able to do this job. Of course. Yeah. And and that acknowledging and giving value to that effort by me to myself exactly. was critical. Until then, I couldn't see this. It was just about helping, but I, I didn't even value the investment that I made to be able to do that. It's so interesting, isn't it? Very, very. You spoke earlier on about a container. Yes. And one of the things that's quite interesting, because this morning I was talking about the container, it's actually something I learned on an MBA course in business about, uh, and they've got a different name, which is just completely slipped out of my mind now, where they talk about the bucket being completely full. I mean, the bucket's full, you can't add more water because what's going to happen, the water's going to spill over the top of the bucket. Right. When you talk about a container and, and in business with, with us doing business and charging people, you need to be able to fill your container. That container needs to have space to receive. Mm -hmm. And this morning we were talking about just stress and money stress. When you've got a lot of stress about money, when you're feeling stuck, when you're feeling burnout, when you're feeling all these things, I get a lot of people that come to me with burnout. What, what's actually happening? Your container is full. You cannot manage any more than what you are managing at the moment. And a lot of the time, what, what I do is I find out what is there, what is causing you stress. And a lot of, most of the time it is money. Yeah. And I let people know that, yes, we will fix the money. We will sort the money. The money is there. But we need to fix those other things that are underneath. Yeah. The beliefs yeah. that are stopping you from getting the money. Because once you have got the money and you're not worrying about the money, you are able then to come up with ideas. You're able to come up with creative ideas to make more money. Yeah. But when you've got stress about how am I going to pay my bills, how am I going to pay for my hosting, how am I going to pay for all these different things I use in my business, you're blocking. We yeah. talk about money blocks, limiting beliefs. Yeah, These are yeah. all limiting beliefs 
we tell ourselves and it comes back to the money. I think I think it's absolutely fascinating because the addiction, you you talk about addiction. At the end, this is what I have learned profoundly from my own addiction to achievement in the past. There is a really deep fear. There is a very, really deep fear of disconnection. And when people ask me, what is this disconnection about? It's it's disconnection with self, disconnection with others that we care about, disconnections with life, this connection with the universe, disconnection with the creator, all these things that that makes us reacting or strategizing in a, in a different way. And money often, the poor money, money is, as you said, it's it's a neutral thing. Get blamed for this a lot. <laughs> it's just, we blame it for many, many things. And and sometimes I feel like, stop blaming money. Like if money is a person, they, pr- they probably would say, stop blaming me for all the shit. Oh, sorry. Absolutely. For the Absolutely. shit that you have in your head or in your system. <laughs> right? Absolutely. 100%. You spoke about, you touched on something, and I go quite deep into this, where there is addiction. There's normally an emotional disconnection. And that often comes from the way we were brought up. We were brought up conditionally. A lot of us were taught, if you do this and you're a good little girl, you get that. If you disappoint me, you don't get that. What that does is it causes an emotional hole. Mm -hmm. And what we do to fill that hole we use addictions. Right. Now, I've seen many, many addictions in my line of work. Things from pornography to gambling to plastic surgery mm. to spending to eating to alcoholism. And I can go on and on and on. I've seen every single one of them. I had a client last year that was spending 20,000 francs a month of her husband's money because she was really just feeling lost. She would oh, go wow. to town, go for friends with lunch, pay for her lunch, the lunch with her friends, buy champagne. And before she met the friends, she would go into town and go to Hermes or Greeda or these expensive shops and actually buy an outfit mm. to wear to the lunch. She would then go back after lunch because she didn't have to pick up her kids from school and buy the children something. Wow. She wow. was... She was what we do, what we say, oh, some retail therapy makes you feel good. But if you think about what the retail therapy is, it's just spending money. It's an addiction. Yeah. And when I worked with her on her self-love and her self-acceptance on realizing I'm enough, Mm -hmm. she's saving this 20 grand. They're now putting it into a third-tier pension. That's a very wise thing to do. But absolutely. So interestingly enough, I work with people that make a lot of money and I work Mm -hmm. with people that have got very little money. Right. Exactly. And if you think about it, they're coming from the same root of issues, isn't it? Exactly. Mm. And she grew up not feeling good enough, not having to prove to her dad, having to prove that she was good enough. She didn't study what he wanted her to study. She studied something else. Therefore, she felt she was proving all the time and having to prove herself. And it just spirals. It just goes out of control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is so fascinating, this conversation, um, Ilana, because a lot of people, when they started the conversation with you, I'm sure they started, yes, Ilana, I'm going to set up a business or I've been running this business for a number of years and it just hasn't thrived. It hasn't gone to the place that I want it to be, etc. It's almost like that. That's the thing on the surface. So if you on the on top of the ocean, this is the thing that is floating around that you can see from the outside, isn't it? That's it. But then we cannot just work on that level. We have to shift it from the deep, deep, deep down. We have to go back. We have to right. go back and figure out where did this behavior come from? Where did your ideas? What money myths are you holding on to? Often we hold on to things. We tolerate things in our lives. Yes. Because it's easier to tolerate them than to have something that we don't know. Yeah. So, for instance, somebody who's a hoarder. Yeah. It's easier for them to live with all this stuff piled up than to actually go and clean it because then they have to deal with memories of somebody that they've lost. Yes. Or then they have to go and work with issues that are going to come up for them that's going to make them feel emotionally disconnected. Mm -hmm. So they tolerate things. 
Mm-hmm. tolerate a lot of things in our lives even though we know things are bad for us mm-hmm. we tolerate them because doing the alternative is too hard so basically ideally for people who really want to get their finances organized they they need to work with people like you and also financial advisor that would invest them in terms of like where to invest etc correct definitely yeah definitely they need to first fix their money story yes that's they need the first to step fix fix what's happened, where they are now, and where they're wanting to go. Mm-hmm. And if it's a business that they've got an idea, you know, I always say you can have a business. If it's not making money, it's a hobby. It's yeah. not a business. A yeah. business makes money. In getting the score of the archetype change, Obviously, there's a lot of inner work to be done. There's a lot of inner work to be done. They first need to know what the archetype scores are. Yes. So when you know your archetype scores, you know what you're dealing with. You know what needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. For this, anybody can go and take it. It's a free quiz on my website. It gives you an enormous amount of insight. It will tell you what the different archetypes means and why yours are whatever number they are. Mm-hmm. If they want to have a chat with me, I offer a free chat to talk to them about the archetypes of where things need to be released, mm-hmm. where are certain behaviors that are not serving them, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, how to kind of take it further. Mm-hmm. And it really, really does work. I was, as I said, I had all those archetypes in me. Now my highest is my magician and my hero school because I run a successful business. Mm-hmm. Everybody's unique and everybody's mm-hmm. different and everybody works differently. So I have three different programs of the way people can work with me, a one-to-one program if they've got a business and they need one-on-one work with me. There's a there's a program. There's also one if they need some help from me, but they can do stuff by themselves because my course is it's workbooks, a work through a work, workbook. I get every single workbook that goes out mm-hmm. and I read the workbooks, I work in the workbooks, and I give them feedback. Mm -hmm. Or they can do a guided one completely by themselves. So there's different ways. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I have, which I find is a huge, huge success, is a community. Mm -hmm. Whichever program they do, they come into my community. And Mm -hmm. there is ladies in there. There's one guy there at the moment because he can come on a Monday morning. And What happens in there is it's an accountability group. It's an intention group. We learn. Every week there's something that we're learning about ourselves and our business on how to improve our situation, how to make things better. And there's support. At the moment, I'm seeing so many of the people are working together. The health coach is working with the person with the mental health, and they're doing a podcast together or they're doing a a YouTube video or – there's people working together, and it's so beautiful because they're all in different countries. So that that is how they can do it. I've also then got, as I said, I'm launching a mini course, which is going to be just on you're not feeling worthy, you're not feeling enough, you're not feeling you deserve, or you're not mm-hmm. confident. There's a way of working through workbooks. If at the end of it they want more, they can buy in to more coaching or coaching with me, but literally there's going to be this course that I'm launching. So I just would like to summarize this conversation. There is no business problems. Business problems, either you own a business or you work for somebody else, there's no problems there. But what there is, is personal money issues that is playing out at work and the business. So if we want to have a successful business or successful career, we had to go into the roots of where the personal money issue started. And the archetype is a a pattern that embodies different beliefs, behaviors, and habits that can be helpful or can sabotage. Self-sabotage is something that a lot of those characteristics are. With the business problems, there might be some, you know, people will listen to this and say, but I really have a big business problem. My business has been closed because of Corona or something. I'm not talking about those specifically. 
majority of issues that are in your business are linked to you personally. For instance, there's a business, a business isn't doing well. You could find out that you've got really, really bad managers or really bad director. He's Mm -hmm. got issues and he's treating his staff badly. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, when you look at the company, you say, yes, he's got business. There's business problems there. When you drill back, that guy has got something that he's bringing from home yeah. Maybe he's getting divorced or his wife's left him or passed away or whatever, and the guy's going through something and he's then reacting in a certain yeah. way to his staff yeah. or to the people that he works with. Mm-hmm. So as I said, it sounds quite generalizing to say there's no business issue. 99% of the time it will come from something. Mm-hmm. Something deeper. Be deeper or personal. Yeah, something deeper and personal. For anyone who would like to get an understanding as to which archetype is is currently playing out in Ilana. their lives, please visit Ilana's website for the free quiz, which in your website is? Mindformoneycoaching.com. I did it. <laughs> so I had my reports in terms of the eight archetypes and the score. And, and also people can access your support in many different forms in however state they're ready right now what one of the things they can do as well is just get onto the newsletter the newsletter is something that once a month i send out a newsletter i really nurture the people that are on the list i give Mm -hmm. them advice i give them tools as well as anything that's coming up like i know i mentioned here i'm launching this new course on i'm the i'm enough series where people will be able to sign up If they'd like to just get onto the newsletter, it's once a month. I don't spam anybody's inbox and uh, see if it's something for them. Take the quiz. If they want to chat, I'll have a chat with them. There's a calendar link so they can go and book an appointment. But just to know that they are enough and it's about belief in yourself. It's about doing the work, the self-discovery work. Nothing is impossible. The word impossible is I'm possible. Doing small steps and having a container to receive is what you need to be able to have. And when your container is full, as I said, with stress and worry and worry about money, you cannot think of creative ways in your business to make money. You cannot think of creative ways to do things differently in your life. You need to get rid of the stress first. You need to get rid of the self-sabotages, the blocks, the money blocks, the limiting beliefs. When you get rid of that, you're then left with a container that's ready to receive. If you want to follow Ilana, find her at www.mindfulmoneycoaching.com. And if you're ready to get support to tame your addictions that is causing you money stressed, feel free to reach out to me at www.upliftmylife.today Thank you so much, Ilana. 